I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that turns back the clock every day of the week. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're talking about a failed federal mandate that tried to make daylight saving time last all year long. The day was January 6, 1974. In response to an ongoing energy crisis, daylight saving time went into effect three months early in the United States. The early start was the result of the Emergency Daylight Saving Time Act, which was signed into law by President Richard Nixon. Americans were instructed to set their clocks forward one hour and to leave them that way for the better part of the next two years. Instead of falling back an hour in late autumn, daylight saving time would last year-round and wouldn't come to an end until October of 1975. The action was intended to decrease fuel consumption, since Americans would be able to use the extra sunlight in the evening to help heat and light their homes. However, public backlash and a growing number of safety concerns led Congress to abandon the plan just 10 months in. Daylight Saving Time, or DST, is the system by which clocks are routinely adjusted in order to increase the number of daylight hours in the summer months. For countries in the Northern Hemisphere, clocks are moved forward one hour in the spring and are moved back one hour in the fall, when so-called standard time resumes. The system was jokingly suggested by Benjamin Franklin in 1784 and was then proposed in earnest by George Vernon Hudson in 1895. Hudson was a New Zealand entomologist and pushed for a two-hour shift in the summer so that he'd have more hours of sunlight to go bug hunting after work. Other advocates took up the cause as well, including British builder William Willett, 
But the idea of uniformly changing clocks wasn't adopted nationally until the First World War made it a necessity. Several countries involved in the conflict, including Australia, Great Britain, and Germany, implemented summer daylight saving time as a way to conserve fuel by reducing the need for artificial light and heat. The practice was first used in the U.S. in 1918 as part of the Standard Time Act, the same measure that created the five U.S. time zones that are still in use today. The federal mandate on daylight saving time was repealed after the war ended, and the country went back to using Standard Time year-round. The practice was re-implemented in early 1942, just a couple months after the U.S. entered World War II. That time, clocks were moved forward one hour year-round, with daylight saving time lasting continuously from February 9th, 1942, all the way to September 30th, 1945. The government justified this so-called wartime as a way to conserve energy and to promote national security and defense. But once again, when the war ended, the measure was repealed and standard time was reinstated. Daylight saving time was left by the wayside for the next two decades after that, but in 1966, Congress passed the Uniform Time Act, which finally made springing forward and falling back an annual practice. The country's next experiment with year-round daylight saving time arrived in the early 1970s, shortly after the Organization of Arab Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC, declared an oil embargo. By 1974, the U.S. was in the midst of a full-blown energy crisis, and federal officials were trying everything they could to reduce fuel consumption. They rationed gas, imposed a national speed limit, and even required NASCAR races to be shortened. Desperate for solutions, lawmakers looked to the past and decided to reinstate the old wartime practice of year-round daylight saving time. When President Nixon signed the Emergency Act, he claimed it would save as many as 150,000 barrels of oil each day during the winter months, and that the impact on the public would be, quote, only a minimum of inconvenience. Before the change went into effect, the vast majority of Americans were in favor of it, happy to have a break from the frustration of changing all their clocks twice a year but it didn't take long for the public to realize the major downside of permanent daylight saving time. They would be waking up and going to work or sending their kids to school in jet black darkness all winter long. The troubles began on day one, when according to the New York Times, hundreds of tourists missed their flights from Puerto Rico to the continental U.S. because the island territory had remained on standard time. In the weeks that followed, newspapers were filled with reports of exhausted commuters and concerned parents who were already feeling the weight of the early morning darkness. The national mood worsened in the weeks to come as reports began to surface of kids being struck and killed by cars during their early morning walks to school. In Florida alone, eight such deaths were reported that January, prompting a desperate plea from the governor for state lawmakers to abandon daylight saving time. The motion failed, but schools across the country did push back their start times so that students wouldn't have to walk in darkness, and some cities invested in reflective signs for crosswalks. Those measures likely saved lives during what proved to be a difficult period of adjustment, but the inconvenience of dark mornings continued all the same. 
members of Congress began having second thoughts as early as February, with one of the co-authors of the bill, California Representative William Ketchum, saying, quote, The time to admit a mistake is when you've made one. The congressman went on to say that daylight saving time hadn't saved nearly as much energy as the government had hoped, and because many nervous parents had begun driving their kids to school, fuel consumption had actually gone up. Over the summer, public support for permanent daylight saving time sank from 79% to just 42%. It probably didn't help that the man who signed the bill, President Nixon, was deeply embroiled in the Watergate scandal making just about all of his policies unpopular by association. Nixon wound up resigning over Watergate in August of that year, and in the same month, the Senate voted to repeal the Emergency Daylight Saving Time Act. The House followed suit soon after, and then Nixon's replacement, President Gerald Ford, made the repeal official a month later. And so, on October 27, 1974, Americans rolled back their clocks, marking the end of the country's short-lived experiment with year-round daylight saving time. The Department of Transportation had conducted a year-long study to see if the promised energy savings had actually ever been achieved. According to its final report, which was presented to Congress in 1975, there had been no significant energy saving to speak of. The country had used only about 2% less energy during daylight saving time, a far cry from the projections used to justify the policy. For nearly 50 years now, U.S. citizens have been springing forward and falling back on a semi-annual basis. But there are still those who prefer a return to year-round daylight saving time. In 2022, for instance, the U.S. Senate once again approved a bill to make DST permanent. The measure is currently stalled in Congress at the time of recording, but as the nation continues to debate the pros and cons of clock changing, it's worth remembering how things went the last time around. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, come check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.